0: seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much <laughs> how, how can you judge on video nasty oh have seen one? i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film Hello there, and welcome to Video Nasty's podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. Now, it isn't uncommon for directors of cannibal films to kind of disown their products after the event. Deodato, as we've spoken about with Cannibal Holocaust, lamented some of his decisions he made in the filming process, in particular the animal cruelty. Lensie, effectively disowned everything that he made cannibal-related, with the exception of um, Man from Deep River, also known as Deep River Savages, um, which in itself really is more of a a Western than a cannibal movie. So it's not that surprising, therefore, that Jess Franco, uh, a director we have covered in the past and will cover again in the future, is a little down... On um, this film. The real reason he is down on it though. Is more to do with the fact that he. Is against the genre of. A cannibal genre generally. We've spoken about briefly the film we're going to talk about today. Cannibals. Also known as uh, Mondo Cannibal. And White Cannibal Queen. In the past. When we spoke about. Two other films, or both of which run the, uh, the, the 72 DPP. Cannibal Terror, which Franco supposedly had had a bit of a rewrite of. And also The Devil Hunter, a surreal kind of, I think I described it as trippy back in the day, uh, cannibal movie about, uh, you know, featuring cannibalism, but also a, a monster with bug eyes. Monto Cannibal, or as we'll call it in this case, Cannibals, but it's also known as The Blonde Gotten, A Woman for the Cannibals and Barbarian Goddess, is uh, from 1980. And a far more straight-up-and-down cannibal movie in truth. The film is uh, a mixture of uh, people, you know, getting together, going into the the jungle to find, uh, in this case, um, a daughter who'd been lost. And then people getting violently eaten, <laughs> but at the same time, it features other elements. So, as we've already said, this is uh, one of the films that was part of this Eurocine r- route of uh, cannibal movies that was to uh, attempt to take on the Italians at their own game. So these, this uh, you know, a uh, uh, very much uh, you know, when we talk about cannibal terror in particular. Very much uh, an attempt to uh, to cash in, and um, Franco is asked and takes the money, and he is contemptuous of the uh, of the films, um, notoriously even kind of mouth and the good stuff, so *Cannibal Holocaust*. He finds them. Uh, he, 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 he notoriously states that uh, the films he doesn't understand why anyone would watch them, <laughs> and uh, he casts this film. Uh, cannibals as his, uh, his weakest movie I think we need to be fair I don't think it is its weakest film I think there's some interesting stuff in there it doesn't hold up to some of the more psychedelic and strange delights and taken in isolation um, it's intrinsic phrase into very much Franco-ness uh, are, are tricky and it is. Um, we've said before that you know half-assed Jess Franco is not a very pretty sight, and he's extremely half-assed putting this together. In true Franco style, he uh, the cast is uh, interchangeable. Al Cleaver, obviously who appears in The Devil Hunter, also appears in this cast members jump between the two films and the uh, the sets for what they are, effectively a bit of Scrubland somewhere, are uh, are used from um, Cannibal Terror. So as we say, a Spanish-Italian-French co-production, I suppose, but it's Eurocine, so really it's French money. The um, Those Scrubland sets are actually based in Portugal. Serra de Sintra, which in fairness... It's pretty clear you're not in Colombia. That's put it that way, and it, you know the, the land is very, to to is the jungle throughout. The story. So a couple and their daughter are cruising around the jungle when their boat is attacked by cannibals. The mother eaten alive. The father escapes, loses an arm now, and the daughter is captured by the tribe. Ten years passes. And then the man finally gets his memory back and goes, gets a, a party together and goes to find the daughter. <laughs> Jeremy Taylor. I'm a specialist in tropical diseases. I'm married with a daughter. Nina, and I was born in Columbus, Ohio, in 1940. I was sent by the Shilton Foundation to Malawi, lobby. And my daughter disappeared. The white men are coming back to our territory! Death to the white invaders! I heard some French cries while back on the banks. And the next day, we found a scientific expedition that's been attacked and eaten by a tribe of cannibals. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, please. Maria, can you hear us? <laughs> Benton, Benton, where are you? Benton, where are you? <laughs> 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 Amongst and a lot of these, um, um these little. Nuggets of uh, Franco ness is from a twenty minute interview on the Blue Underground DVD of this film, but um, Franco, who wrote the script, and as we say already said, is uh, very much against down on the film, um, said that um, the, the the daughter is now effectively a goddess in the in the in the in the in the, um, the cannibal community, and um, is played by Sabrina Siani. Now Siani. Um, according to Franco, was very bad. Very bad, quite thick, and very difficult to work with. So she's an Italian film mattress and um she started in lots of Italian sword and sandal movies. She basically gave up on um on cinema by the time she was about twenty-six. But um she uh, she and like the majority of her movies are in this period of time by the age of seventeen and twenty and she's seventeen when she's in Mondo Cannibal. And of course, we also know for a fact that she also pops up in Cannibal Terror. But that's, as we've already spoken about before, this is an example of actors and actresses moving between the co-productions to get it out as quick as possible. All on the same locations, you know, they've all filmed at the same time. Anyway, Ciani's um, acting style is um, a little vague, shall we say. Um, She... Spends a lot of time staring into the distance. Um, and she has her boobs out quite a lot. Um, and, um, yeah, bit creepy, bit young, but there we go. Al Cleaver is really the guy who does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of trying to get the storytelling done. He um, does as best he can. Obviously, he, he, he spends a great deal of the running time trying to hide the fact that he hasn't... Uh, He obviously hasn't lost an arm, (laughs) so uh, it's all it's all the old classic tucked into the jumper kind of thing. I said before that um, there's an element of half arseness about Franka in this film, and certainly in in moments, it's surprising how he's obviously rushed it as quick as possible to to get it done. Including, we see moments in this jungle tribe, uh, junk you know, community that somebody has written. some graffiti into one of the trees, you know, like carved your initials, but obviously it's, 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 uh, it's anglicized and it, writing, you know, so it's it, obviously some Portuguese teenager's carved probably in and his girlfriend's um, initials into a tree. And franco was gone, ah, fuck it, don't matter. I just ignored it. or not even try to like crop it out the frame. Just like, fuck it, don't matter. Now I said before that, um, Franco, there is elements of the film that are worth talking about that are interesting. In particular, the shots of slow motion. Now, Franco repeatedly uses slow motion throughout his films, whether that be in the camera, so the film slows down, or you know at certain points in some of the other films, he, the characters actually move slower and almost like try and create the same effect you know, in a in a dramatic sense, and in, with this film, he um, we see uh, a young you know the the when the feasting happens uh, of, of of the people, it, the, the camera slows down, zooms in, and you get this kind of psychedelic surrealness, which very much sits within a realm of, of what makes Franco interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it's you know in a film where very little happens. Um, he makes the deaths um, enticingly unusual and psychedelic and strange. Lena romay uh, old muse to Franco, appears in a smaller role as a as a nurse under a different um, title. She's, she put in a casting. She said as Candy Costa. For a man who hates cannibal films so much, Franco deemed himself uh, to um, give himself a a, a, a speaking part um, cameo, um, but does little to kind of elevate the film apart from go, there's Franco there. <laughs> Almost to the point you wonder whether it's just he put him in just because they'd run out of cast members, maybe. I don't know. Franco, um, on some versions of the film, uh, signs off as Clifford Brown, which is, um, I think we've mentioned it before, his, uh, a nom de plume, which he uses as a homage to uh, the jazz trumpeter. And finally, when we kind of go into the, we, we, we once again discuss the the nature of these cannibals, we have to, as we've spoken about before, they are not the best looking cannibals you've ever seen in your life. They are a mixture of, you know, Mediterranean looking people who probably would work for cheap and uh, have weird face makeup on that makes them look like they're going to a a, a World Cup group game. Um And indeed, if you look closely enough, you can see the fact that they've got their underpants (laughs) on underneath their loincloths as well. So, this is, without doubt, cheap. (laughs) Uh, Even by um, Franco's own admission, probably not his best work. A little lazy, shall we say. And Franco can make good exploitation films when he wants. You kind of have to um, tune in to his work. Um, And I don't think the films on the video nasties list, probably with the exception of The Erotic rites of Frankenstein, which we'll get onto in the future, is really his best stuff. There's kind of an element of... will this do particularly when you're looking at things like you know as as women in prison movies although there's some fantastic shots in that film and um you know obviously cannibal films but and i will say this about cannibals despite its issues and there are issues and of course as i said you can't really um can't really criticise, you know, anyone kind of saying, "Well, I don't like this film." You know, if the director doesn't like it, why should you? It's for something like that. It's actually quite watchable. It's uh, reasonably entertaining. There are worse cannibal films on the list, and I'd argue Franco's made one of them. But um, still, it's uh, an unusual, uh, fun little uh, little romp. Certainly, something. That is, um, give it a go. If only for the, the weird flesh-eating scenes. Um, although you probably will be overly distracted by the um, cannibals and their strange, unusual makeup. Cannibals was released on priest certificate video twice. Allegedly, 1981, Sydney Hollywood VHS and uh, ECV VHS. Was seized, was not prosecuted. Uh, and is available now in the UK UK uh, from well there is a DVD I don't know how easy it is to get hold of um called uh, from hardcore do you remember them? um it's uncut um and is also available on a blue ground blue underground from the same from 2007 as well so um so the, there are options there if you if you're looking um, I would imagine you'd be able to pick it up for very little. And despite the fact that the um, the hardcore uh, DVD uh, looks like absolute shit on the cover, it's actually a decent enough transfer, so it looks pretty good. So it's definitely worth picking up for a few pounds if you've got the time or the inclination. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Professor. Well, let's hope that our sacrifice will help you find your girl. Uh. 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 A poison daryl! So yeah, thanks very much for that. Quite short today. Um, We've covered a lot on Franco. uh, And we've still got more of his stuff to come. So, yeah. Um... So I thought, you know, let's just get this this done. Although, to be fair, back in the day, some of these old, old video nasty podcasts were barely 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, how, how tastes change, eh? Um, next week, um, on the list, it calls it Communion. But uh, you will know it, and almost certainly know it better, as Alice Sweet Alice, the slasher film. Um so we're we're back into the slashes again um, been trying to hold off on that <laughs> but um there are again it's cause at the time it was these films were made um these films are um there's always they always kind of pop up you know just a quick shout out to Andy Roberts who does the uh, the nasty pasty uh, podcast or did it's it's kind of finished its run now but um thanks very much for the kind words um that you sent over on on Twitter um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our little collab, which we'll be doing um, in the in the future. <laughs> Just a one-off. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, please do. My email address is gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at orange underscore monkey, or you can go to the website videonastiespodcast.com and leave a comment, and I should get it. So, yeah, until, uh, until next week, where we'll discuss um, the slasher boom again. <laughs> it's quite early for a slasher, to be fair. Um, take care, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video, Nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video? Have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. To my hands out of it.